You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour number three of the program at the bottom of the hour, Peter Labardius, Flames color analyst for Sportsnet 960. It's Vikings with a big win. Oh, and we'll talk about the Flames losing 4-3 in overtime to the Devils on Saturday night to wrap up their eight-game homestand. Still taking your text messages, 960-960. Name and location. Um, in three words, describe Calgary's eight-game homestand on Twitter as well, at George Russick, at Matt Rose, YYC. We got a problem. What, 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 oh, okay. Gotta is one word there. Okay. We got a problem. Mostly because the blue line is incredibly banged up now. Yeah, Michael Stone on IR... Uh, Nick Simone and Denny Gilbert. You're playing half of an AHL blue line right now. That's not ideal. I would argue no. Uh, it's not ideal. Uh, we are live, of course, from our Doug Lacey Basement System studio. But joining us on the line right now at the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, we say good morning to the NHL on Sportsnet's and he co-host a real kipper and born on Sportsnet 590 fan, Justin Bourne. Justin, how are you, pal? I'm good. May may I submit the three words? Uh, not great, Bob. <laughs> we got that one. We got that one <laughs> not earlier. Great, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. I like I like that you got that spur. I like I like your creativity, uh, Justin. I got to ask you here. That's been the talking point in this city for a while. Ah, oh, they got, and they use this voice. Ah, oh, they got to go on the road. That's going to really help them out. Do you buy that after an eight game homestand that they really need to get out on the road to do that team bonding dinner hotel stuff? I don't know. Sometimes you just got to do something different, you know, like throw the T's in the left pocket if you're shanking it, you know, like you, you just got to mix it up a little bit. So I don't uh, subscribe to any notion that playing on the road is actually good. But listen, just getting out of your routine and then doing something different can put you in a different mind frame. And clearly the Flames could use a little bit of that right now. What is kind of the challenges of when you're playing at home, especially early on in the season? Yeah, that's a good point about just, I think, comfort level. And particularly when you're a team with high expectations, it's like, obviously I'm here in Toronto and and seen some of that too, where you think you're going to be good. You made some big deals. You got a great roster. You got a long homestand. And just for a second to let yourself think that, you know, let yourself think that things are going to be easy can, can come back and bite you in a big way. It's the NHL, man. Like in any given night, the Arizona Coyotes are beating teams here and there. You can't be thinking you can give it 90% and get through it. So I think it's just getting a little bit too comfortable at times. And, um, you know, it's almost not a bad thing now for them to get out and go, okay, it's going to be hard and just sort of flip mindsets, you know? Mm. Uh, Justin, can you explain to our listeners what the hell is up with Jonathan Huberto? No, other than if you ever gave me like $60 million or however much money he just got paid, I'm not sure I'd be the best employee either. I'll be honest. I think you might get some days where I'm mailing it in a little bit. But, you know, it's it's a whole thing where you're, you're Huberto and you're playing in Florida and they're a high-powered offense, wheeling and dealing and running gun and all that stuff. And then they're like, okay, Daryl Sutter's your coach. Uh, they want you to play entirely different. Um, I imagine that would take some uh, adjustment period. He'll find himself there. This is one of those things where it's the NHL, and this guy has a long track record of being excellent within it. He's going to find himself. It's just a matter of getting him comfortable within the system structure and coaching style. Can I put you on the spot, Borny, because I know you and I like you and I consider you a friend? (laughs) Yes, let's have it. Uh, Who's a better player, Johnny Goudreau or Jonathan Huberto? 
I love I love that we're doing this just right away here in the morning. Um, <laughs> if you if you can give me any guy to start a playoff series tomorrow, I still want Huberto. And I know I know they went through a, a playoffs with him last year where they determined that he was not the type of guy they wanted. But my my reason here, part of it is size related, but Huberto is very competitive. And I don't mean that he's physical or tough or whatever, but he's competitive and he works and he wants the puck. And he, I know you haven't seen the best of that yet, but I just feel like both guys create a lot offensively. Obviously Goudreau has, uh, has shown that this time in Calgary, but I think when you're not getting offense from Huberto, you're getting a more complete game. And again, I know it hasn't gone great so far, but um, not just playing into the hometown audience here, but I, I think if you asked me this morning, I'm taking Huberto. Wanted to ask you about the importance that a guy like Chris Tanev will have on a team. And there's guys like him on a lot of very good teams, guys who don't necessarily put up a lot of points. But as soon as they're out in the lineup, boy, do you notice their absence heavily. And with a guy like Chris Tanev, what do you think is, is the hardest part of trying to adapt to those hard minutes when you're a guy like Noah Hannafin or Rasmus Anderson yeah. or Mackenzie Weger that love to run and gun? Well, that's exactly it. Is you just He puts people in the right place in the lineup, right? Like It's not so much that he does something that no one else can do as he lets people do what they do best. He allows you to optimize your lineup. You get to put out those guys in more offensive situations. You get to challenge them uh, less often, which is a good thing when you have all that skill. Um, you know, Tanev, he takes a beating so other people can thri- thrive. You know, that's a, a really valued commodity. You know, I spent a little time uh, coaching in the American League and seeing that coaching staff. And one thing that we talked about was these guys who are Band-Aid players, and I don't mean easily injured, I mean that when you have like a problem in your lineup, they fix it. They're the salve. They're the bandage you put on it, and they fix your problems for you so that other people can get back you know, doing what they do best. And when you don't have that, the wound is exposed, and I think mm. you're seeing a little bit of that right now in Calgary. Uh, Justin, how impressive is it that he plays the entire game with a big wad of gum in his mouth? Because I think that's awesome. I mean, uh, to be honest, he, I didn't know that he does. Is that, yeah. is that real? Oh, yeah. yeah. I can't, I'm genuinely floored by that. Like, I can't, one of those guys, chew gum and walk, and that would be an issue for me. So, <laughs> And I also know the type of gum that they have in dressing rooms. It's that the classic double bubble. Oh, yeah, you can tell. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, and it's like 38 seconds of quality chew. But <laughs> it's an amazing 38 seconds. But once right. it gets cold and flavorless, this guy's still chewing that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just chewing on rocks. That's brutal. Yeah. yeah. Essentially, it like is. Like, when, when Phil Kessel chews on gum, not too surprising. <laughs> like, he's... The, he, if, if, if I were to ask you who's the one guy in the NHL who chews gum while he plays, Phil Kessel would be like, yeah, that, that, that fits. Kessel's pockets sewn onto his pants. He actually keeps it on him, and he just yeah. pulls out a smashed McDouble while he's out there playing. <laughs> Probably, yeah, that's not surprising. But Tanev's a guy, big wad of gum in his mouth while he plays, and Maddie and I are so impressed by that. I have a question, though. Which one is stranger, the big piece of gum or drinking soda pop on the bench? Because I cannot do carbonation when I'm working out. We know Alex Ovechkin used to do that. I don't know if he still does, but he used to drink, like, Coke on the bench, didn't he? Yeah. Well, listen, there's some failed executives of all sport right now going, not many people want carbonated beverages. Do you remember the carbonated sports drink back in the day? It was was not a success. Let's put it that way, but... (laughs) There are there are uh, trainers and equipment. Sorry, not the equipment guys, but there are actual like trainers or strength and conditioning guy who tell you that when you play, if you take in a bunch of sugar, you kind of maintain that elevated level of I call it like a sugar buzz almost. Some people take like 
glucosamine tablets and whatever. So the sugar that comes with pop while playing is actually not a detriment. Some people think it's fine. It's yeah. If can you, while you're sucking wind, taking a <laughs> heavily carbonated beverage. Right. And that to me is the baffling part. Okay. Now I have to ask you, um, how many guys your dad played with had a smoke during the intermission? <laughs> I can't believe just working with Kiprios, how many guys he played with his smoke. Like, my dad was a generation before, but the the common theme seems to be people going into the equipment room and blowing the smoke into the skate sharpener exhaust so the coaches wouldn't smell it. What's wrong with you people? It's a baffling habit. I love it. Hey, like it me was in high school. What's going on with that? Listen, a lot of Hall of Famers uh, were huffing darts uh, playing in the league. Uh, Justin Bourne, NHL on Sportsman Analyst. Coast of Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590 The Fan joining us here on the Atlas Pizza Sports and Guest Hotline. Um, Justin, i got to ask you about the New York Islanders. Um, what's your read on them? Because they're a team that had a great season a couple years ago, a lot of disappointment, crushed by COVID, new arena thing. And now this year they're off to an okay start, and Matt Barzell doesn't have a goal yet this season, although he has 11 apples. What's your read on Calgary's opponent tonight? You know, they, they made an interesting choice, which is obviously rooted in Lou Lamorello and the way he likes to do things. The whole league was like, it's a speed and skill and youth game now. It's a young man's game. We go fast, we go both ways. And Lou and the Islanders were like, what if we were slow and old? And it's effective. It's like a different way about going, you know, they're veterans, they're smart, they're on the right side of the puck. They do it differently than most teams in the NHL. So, I actually think it's a team that the Flames are, are going to eat up. Like, it's, it's to me, the, the type of team that the Flames should be able to handle. Uh, listen, I love the Islanders, and, you know, at home, they're, they're tough to beat, great crowd, all that sort of stuff. But uh, the Flames should be faster, and they're also not a team that should get pushed around by anyone. Like, the, the Islanders can dominate you physically, and I don't think that should happen to the Flames. So I, I like this matchup for them. I think that my one worry is going back to the – defenseman coming up from the AHL and probably going to be forced into some pretty heavy roles. Yeah. And is there a team that forechecks more aggressively than the Islanders? Like Cal Clutterbuck currently leads the league in hits and they got four guys in the top yeah. 20 across the entire NHL. Yeah, no, that is what they want to do. So that's a good point with them not having their full complement of defensemen. It does change that, uh, the shape of the game a little bit. Cause yeah, they're looking to, to make people make mistakes. They get in, they get after, and as I said, they're physical. So it, it will be a lot of minutes for the Flames' top guys. The biggest thing I would say is retrieval. Like when the Islanders dump the puck, which they do a lot, can you go back and make a good first touch and break the puck out before they have time to get on top of you? It's uh, not the funnest role against the Islanders because you know you're going to take contact, which makes people rush plays. So a lot of pressure on those Flames' D to get the puck up and go in the right way. What is the the story with Ilya Sorokin? Because it was this Russian netminder out of New York that just lit the league on fire last year, and looks like we've got kind of a, another situation brewing on the island here. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of like the Carolina goaltending. Every year they seem to find good goaltending, and it's because of the way they play, right? Like they they try to keep shots to the outside by and large and make it easier on you. But on top of that, he's just a really good goaltender. Like whatever they're doing in Russia right now, which let's just assume it's some form of cheating because it's Russia, whatever they're doing, they're generating unbelievable goaltenders like Vasilevsky and Shesterkin and Sorokin. And they got some of the best names in the NHL right now. So whatever they've done to create their goalie factory, it is working. We're going to find out like a decade later, they're all cyborgs, like half bottom half is just all robotic. There's no chance it's on the up and up, but well, well, we don't know. It sure looks impressive. 
oh, take this shot when you're 10 years old. It'll be fine for you later on in life. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Um, Justin, got to ask yeah. you about uh, the Leafs goaltending situation. I know it's been a roller coaster. Uh, they look good this weekend with wins over the Bruins and the Hurricanes. But, man, uh, it's lean times in goal right now. Uh, how aggressive does Kyle Dubas have to be here to potentially shore this up with two of their goaltenders out, which I don't know how long uh, – Samsonov's going to be 0-4, but there's a big hole right now in net. How does Kyle Dubas address it? Well, it's what's interesting is he can't really be aggressive. The, the Leafs are at their 50 standard player contract maximum. So any player in, you have to have a player out. And they just lost Abe Kubel on waivers. Like, they can't really afford to move on from any other players. Uh, so it looks like they're going to go forward a little bit here with their AHL and AHL slash ECHL goalie. Um, although Petrozelli has been good for them. But, yeah, it's, it's dicey, man. <laughs> you know, I, I almost think, though, this Leafs team has a reputation for playing down to opponents, playing up to opponents. Like having someone in net they don't trust is almost not the worst thing to get them engaged and motivated. So short-term fix, hopefully they can play well for a little while. Well, uh, well you know, Schalgren holds the fort because I don't see anyone coming in to you know, magically save the day anytime soon. Uh, did the Hurricanes steal uh, the design from the 05 Canada World Junior Team for their uh, retro reverse jersey yesterday? Because that so looked like Canada's jersey from back in the day. But listen, if you're going to steal a jersey, good good jersey to steal. I mean, good luck. I a little bit of devils to the, uh, the yeah. combination, but a lot of these third jerseys, some of the best I think they've come out with in a while, aside from whatever the hell Tampa Bay did with their sweater. But there's, I like these thirds. Did you see the uh, Sabres drop their new look about 25 minutes ago? No, I didn't. Mm, the uh, black and we, red, uh, the black and red Buffalo head is back. It looks awfully good. Gotta say, it's gotta be the first thing you do as soon as you're off the phone with us. <laughs> is the cycle of nostalgia getting tighter, or is it just me? It's like something that happened three years ago can come back. I don't feel like the the, the red and black was that long ago. They just went back to these colors. I feel like. Anyway, it, it's been a while. I feel like it's been like a decade. 15 yeah. years? Yeah. yeah, okay. 10 years enough to nostalgia throwback. <laughs> right. Yeah, but they had those terrible bullseye jerseys too with the Buffalo big dot on the middle of their sweater. That yeah. was no good. And oh, yeah. The blue, the, the blue and gold is beautiful for the Buffalo Sabres that they went it old is. school, right? It's one of the nicest kits in all the NHL. If not the, yeah, they, they need to stick with that. So I get it. Move your sweaters, cash in on nostalgia, yada, yada. Just, I think, listen, the Oilers might win the cup this year because they finally went away from all their god-awful orange jerseys. And Just have the right jersey and you're going to win a cup. That's my theory. All right. Uh, I love it. Uh, Justin Bourne uh, from the NHL on Sportsnet, co-host of Real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, Borny, always a pleasure. Let's do it again, pal. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, there he goes. Uh, that was Justin Bourne on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in an Atlas Pizza 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Um, are you looking forward to seeing Blasty on the Flames jerseys? Yeah, I am. I love the retro games. Uh, I think they look very good when they skate around the ice in those dark unis. I'm a big fan. Uh, did the you pedestal, see- we'll see. TBD. Like I said when they announced those, I reserve my right to hold judgment until I see them skate around in them. Uh, and how they look on TV. Did you see the orange pants the Ducks were rocking last night? Nope. Yeah. 
Uh, I did it was not. interesting. But they have the old school Mighty Duck logo, which I'm a fan of. But uh, yeah, uh, the orange pants. Let me take it. A- and uh, just real quick, too. Uh-huh. I'm a fan of the silver helmets the Kings wear and the golden ones the Golden Knights wear. I'm I in like for them. It. Yeah, I'm in for it. I like it. I'm in for it. Yeah, I'm totally there with you. Ooh. I like those. Ooh. Yeah, you see. Do the- I like these? Hmm. A lot of orange in them. I don't know if I like these, George. Jury's out. I miss the uh, the fighting duck that they had back when, like, the NHL was on Fox. Yeah, and the, and and the Bruins the had the yeah, yeah. He was the, the, the tough duck. He was totally guy. yoked. Yeah, he was. He was totally <laughs> jacked up. But uh, the Ducks ones are okay, and uh, the Bruins with the teddy bear on front that wasn't really good either. Yeah, like. This is one of the reasons why I say I have to reserve judgment until the end because I didn't know that the Ducks were going to be wearing these orange. You know what? I really don't like the stripe on the pants either. But you like the Captain Highlander Islanders go... look though, right? Eh, okay. Big veto on the Ducks uni. But you like the Captain Highliner with the Islanders, right? Is that the dude yeah. on the logo who's yeah. got the fishing net? Yeah, yeah Captain Highliner. Like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. I like Captain Highliner. Sure. Yeah, why not? Why not? Fish sticks and Islanders that? games. Why not? Uh, straight ahead, uh, Peter Labardius, Flames color analyst on Sportsnet 960. The fan will join us. Uh, we'll talk to Lou about Calgary's eight-game homestand. Still taking your text messages, 960-960, name and location. The three words that sums up Calgary's eight-game homestand. Uh, we're, they're still pouring in. Not great, Bob, was the one uh, Justin Bourne had to say, which is which is pretty good. Um, great, Bob. Yeah, slow and old is one. <laughs> That's 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 oh, harsh. Come on. Uh, disappointment, not unexpected. Okay. Uh, this one's pretty good. Lack of finish. I think that's fair. I would agree. Look at Tyler Toffoli's season. Mm, yeah. Lost yeah. our mojo. Yep. That's pretty good. Bag of garbage. Yeah, we've heard a uh, need road trip. Andrew sent that out too. Need road trip. Must uh, have road trip. Steven Okotoks, uh bench Lucic forever. I don't agree with that, but um yeah, don't love that. Uh Wyatt and Beaumont, uh games in hand. He's right. The Flames have barely played any games compared to other teams. Yeah, listen, they by points percentage, they're still five fifty. They're well above five hundred. They're in a playoff spot today. Uh this one go by points, they're trailing the Blackhawks, and we don't have to get into that. Uh this one's courtesy of Dr. Hogarth, who's not a real doctor. Okay. It takes time. <laughs> Is it all caps? Is there an exclamation mark? Why did you Yeah. Oh. Um, this one's not bad. Hugh Burr don't. Mm. Very clever. Yeah, that's not bad. Very clever. Uh, don't increasingly dope. crippling mediocrity <laughs> crippling mediocrity is there such a thing uh caleb from calgary this one's not fair really where's markstrom okay maybe at the beginning of the homestand you could have said that but he's been really good the last few games yeah maybe score some goals how about that yeah uh steve coulda shoulda woulda doesn't really. But my favorite one on the text line is still Steinberg is hot because I yeah. agree. Steinberg, man. Uh, Peter Labardi so is right Flames color analyst on Sports at 960 will join us. We'll get Lou's three words to sum up Calgary's eight-game homestand. And we'll look ahead to the Islanders. Full coverage on the radio station. It gets going with the Pat Steinberg telethon at 2 p.m. as oh. he has Flames talk uh, with Aaron Vickers. Two till when? Uh 
10.30? 11? It depends on if they win or lose. If they win, postgame starts around 7.45. I would say wrap around 8.30 and kind of get to the solo portion of the show. And if they win, I'm going to say he's out of there 9.30, 10 at the latest. And if they lose and it's like a resounding loss, then he can be there till midnight. He might be there when we get into them tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I, I listened to the postgame show on Saturday night. Yeah. And I love when he mixes it up with some of the listeners. I yeah. Love who it. was it? Was it Cody that he kind of went toe to toe with after Saturday? Was he game? the one that kept going, Patty, Patty? The guy who called him Patty about 75 times within the span of 30 seconds? Mm, I don't recall him saying Patty a lot, but they were. It was the one where he picked up and Pat was like, could you tell that I audibly sighed when I answered the phone oh. for you? <laughs> yeah. And then the guy started he throwing some job. takes and Pat started like sighing I... and going, like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, that was the guy who really had it against Tyler Toffoli. Mm, yes, I did hear that. And Pat was like, why are you ragging on Tyler Toffoli? Like, he's been good. Yeah, he's been okay. Huberto's the guy who's been a disappointment so far. Yeah, Toffoli's got goals. Yeah. Overtime, overtime winner. winner. Yep. He is what he is. He's out there on the power play with that shot. Yep. He's got like six crossbars already this well, season. Yeah, there's that too. Yeah, Keep tough. him rolling in. 960-960 name and location on Twitter at George Russick at Matt Rose. YYC. Peter Labardi is next. Big show. Russick and Rose. Sports at 960. The fan. You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Get your last-minute texts in, 960-960. Sum up the Flames' eight-game homestand in three words. Flames and Islanders, tonight the coverage gets going with Flames Talk with Pat Steinberg and Aaron Vickers. At 2 p.m. Joining us on the line right now. By the way, we're live from the Doug Lacey Basement System Studio on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. We say good morning to Sportsnet 960, the Fan Flames analyst, Peter Labardius. Lou, how are you, pal? Good morning, George. I am just fine. It's a great day here in Calgary if you're part polar bear. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's a little brisk. Um, back home in Niagara on Friday, Peter, it was a record 27 yep. degrees Celsius. Yep. I, uh, my wife uh, resides in Mississauga, Ontario. So, yeah, she was uh, she was delighted by the weather on the weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's a little it's a little fresher. It's a little brisker here in Calgary, which is fine. Fresher. Yeah, it's fresh. Yeah. It's fresh. fresh and, how yeah. about fresh and refresh? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, did you ever have, did you ever read a, cause I remember when I was in elementary school, uh, Lou, they had the choose your own adventure books where like you'd read it and then like, Oh, if you want to do this side of the story, you could turn to this page or this side. I'm going to do like a choose your own adventure for you in this interview. Do you want to stick to okay. flames now first, or do you want to go Vikings talk first? I'm going to let you choose your own adventure. Uh, let's go, let's go flames first. Okay. What would the three yeah. words for you sum up the eight-game homestand that we've been asking our listeners? Meh, meh, and meh. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Listen, really good start to it. Um, difficult opponents. They ran a bit of a gauntlet. 
played pretty well a week ago last Saturday in, in a tough loss to Edmonton. Um, and then this week just didn't seem to have a lot of zip energy, didn't execute very well, and did uncharacteristic things, guys. You know, this team last year really made some huge strides in terms of starting games on time, something that here had been a bit of an issue for a long time prior to Daryl getting here. Seeing some of that come back, certainly this week, they blew their first two-goal lead in the third period since 2016. Um, I will say this, though, on a positive note, at the end, I thought the goalie, really, Jacob, might have been their best player mm-hmm. this week. And and that's that's a good thing. And it may even be a better thing with what's occurring on their defense. And they did scrap and claw and fight really hard after looking like the Devils might run away and hide on them on Saturday. So there's a couple of things that I think are drawing a lot of attention coming out of this game looking into the road trip. Uh, number one, I think, is the, the defense and who's really going to play defense moving forward. Michael Stone leaves that game 25 seconds in. He's now on the IR, and the Flames have recalled uh, Dennis Gilbert and Nick DeSimone from the uh, AHL Wranglers. Plus, on top of that, Chris Tanev is hurt status up in the air. Oliver Shillington still not with the team. So that's one. And then the other one is the benching of some forwards in the third period. But we'll start with the defense. What happens next now that we know that there's some guys that are going to continue to miss some time? Who needs to step up here? Uh, the entire what now would be the top four. Nikita Zadorov has arguably been this team's best defenseman this season. However, I thought Saturday night, especially early, was was difficult for him in terms of puck management. Um, you know, Raz got off to a great start. Noah, I thought, showed signs the other night of of feeling better. But you know, this when you lose somebody that glues everything together, as you know, Maddie, in in Chris Tanev, hasn't the group looked a little lost in the last two games back there since he's been gone like the Oilers series very much like the Oilers series I agree with you and um you know a lot of people around the league just don't understand how good he is how valuable he is and what he means so but again this team last year was incredibly lucky on the injury front they only lost 71 man game so I'm, I'm expecting Gilbert to dry in tonight potentially although you know with their pairings it might make more sense to go D Simone because he's right-handed to play with Connor Mackey who's left-handed or maybe they come in as a pair you know we'll, we'll have to wait and find out this morning I think that would be a lot to ask of bringing in both of them. So um, we'll see where it goes. It puts a lot of onus on on the other four guys. Those four guys, when they're playing at a high level, are are very capable, and, and that's what I would say on that front. As far as 
what occurred in the third period the other night, I would suggest the biggest surprise for me, and I think it is for most, was Michael Backlund. And in fact, gents, as, as the game went on for about six or seven minutes, I think mentally I was so surprised that in an odd way I didn't even notice that he was the third guy missing. Mm. And, and thought maybe he's hurt or dinged up. And I remember about five minutes after, you know, Daryl going down to nine forwards, I'm like, well, I, I know Lucic isn't out there, and I know Rooney's not out there. I just, and I think the reason my mind went that way is I just, I didn't see that as a possibility, but it was. And that, that's, that's a stern, big message. And, you know, when Michael came out to play on the penalty killing unit, albeit briefly, mm. um, I didn't think the body language looked very good. Well, and then this was what we heard from the head coach after the game as well. They don't have the energy or the emotion in the in the game. Then they don't get to play. It's not. I don't care. It doesn't really matter who they are. I mean, it's what the guys that played in the third got us a point. Yeah. So I don't know. I was very much in the same boat as you when all of this was kind of happening during the game. I had to go back and double check a bunch of the stat sheets and find out when Backlund's last shift was and to see him still on the bench. And then we get that from the head coach as well. I just wonder what kind of can come of this and what will happen next as they move forward out on this road trip, because that was significant. It's the most significant benching we've seen from Daryl Sutter in his recent tenure here. Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say that's fair. Um, the way the games have been going, especially the last two, it probably did call for, you know, a message or something drastic. Like I said, the, the surprising part for me, I, I thought Milan was, I didn't see him as having an emotional problem or an energy problem. I saw him as being too emotional. And you could just see the absolute frustration boiling over. As far as Kevin Rooney is concerned, I haven't been able to get to the bottom of it, but there is something for Daryl that isn't quite working there. And, you know, the biggest thing is, how's Michael Backlund going to react? For sure. That's super interesting. Uh, Peter Labardius, Flames color analyst for Sportsnet 960. The fan joining us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Uh, Lou, is sneakily maybe uh, the biggest issue with this team right now that's flying under the radar is the first pass by the defense? It, puck management, George, is it's been difficult. It really has. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it or make any bones about it. Um, it's not all on that group you know at at times it certainly can have a lot to do with I don't think the wingers have done a great job as a whole outside of a few in terms of puck battles and and making sure pucks in tough situations are moved to the right place or chipped out of the zone so I'm not going to put it all on the defense Uh, certainly they haven't managed it as well as you would hope and would like but i don't think they've had a lot of forward help from the wings either well and another 
Yeah, and I was just going to say another part of that, Lou, is is kind of with your forecheck. You know, something that I've heard you guys talk about quite a bit on the broadcast is just the, the neutral zone being too easy to get through for the opposition. And for me, a lot of that starts when, you're, when your forecheck either isn't getting there on time or just isn't creating the pressure that, you know, is enough. And as a result, especially if you've got an aggressive forecheck, all of a sudden you got passing lanes through the neutral zone and guys can hit you with speed. Guys, the interesting thing about this sport is your, your best offense can start in your own end and your best defense starts in the opponent's zone. And it all very much has a lot to do with puck placement and puck management. It is really difficult to get your forecheck going when you're turning pucks over at the opponent's blue line and when teams are standing you up, you're not putting pucks in places where you're going to be able to get them back. And if you've ever played the sport, you, you know that as a forward, it can be very trying and frustrating when it feels like every time you go in there to get it, it's coming back faster out than you sent it in. And that's also the reason why you don't necessarily have a third guy high and other teams are coming through the middle of the ice, backs up your defense, you don't have the right puck support, and and you don't win that battle in the middle of the ice, which is, for me, night in and night out. Whoever gets through the middle, the easiest in a lot of cases, at least in, in how I watch and break down the game, wins a lot of games. And when the Flames are at their best, they're suffocating teams in their own zone. They're making life miserable. They're turning other people over from a couple of feet outside their blue line and in. When the Flames are spending a lot of time in the opponent's zone, I know they're playing well. When they don't, generally I know they're not at a level they want to be at. Lou, how has Nazem Kadri's start as a Calgary Flame affected the way the fan base is viewing Jonathan Huberto? It's an interesting question, George, and and a, and a good one. Um, I've watched Jonathan play hockey for a long time, and I'm a big fan and a big su- supporter. And I don't rarely see in the sport with really good players people who almost look like it's difficult to do anything. And right now for Jonathan, it's hard. And it's not because he's not engaged. It's not because he's not trying. I think it's because for the first time in his life, the combination of him putting incredible pressure on himself some of the outside noise, which it's impossible not to hear, probably an environment that doesn't necessarily make you feel overly great when things aren't going well. But it's not helping, George, in regards to, you know, when you have one new acquisition that's by and large hitting it out of the park. But a lot of that, George, has to do, and, and you know, he's, he's spent a ton of time in Toronto. The thing about, and, and again, I've been watching both these guys 
going back to their 16 and 17 year old seasons in junior. One guy is a very professional, caring, I would say even somewhat sensitive, all in guy, and that's Huberto. And he's very hard on himself. And, and I just think, you know, to his credit, Naz has the type of personality that he just goes out and plays. And, and I don't think he lets a lot of anything get to him. Lou, that's, what? That's my read. Yeah, I, I think that's very fair for sure, as, as, especially what we've seen from Kadri so far in this season. Like, all of that very much rings true. Um, one situation where we do see both those players on the ice at the same time is the power play. Um, there are things that I've liked about it. There are things that I have not liked about it. Lately, it's gone a little bit cold. What have you made of uh, the recent play on the power play, and what would you maybe like to see a little bit more of? I'd like to see some more face-off wins, Matty. I'd like to see better entries. I think entries have been really, really difficult for them. Um, you know, and, and for some of your best players, and, and that's the area, frankly, that I expected Jonathan to make the biggest difference, and I still think he will. And we saw, you know, some of it early in the year when it felt like that first unit was going to score one or two every single night. You know, when your best people as a group aren't feeling it, it's going to affect every area. Now, what you really hope is what I see a lot in the sport, and that is that your power play gets going and it feeds people's confidence in their five-on-five play. There's no reason for that power play to go too much longer with having the issue. But this week and in the last four games, they're not winning the special teams battle, which was something they were doing every night when they went five and one. It's there. They have the personnel generally with everything on your team collectively and individually when you're going through a tough time, as Kirk Muller pointed out on the post-game show, one of my favorite sayings, you have to get back to basic and be simple in your game. Because the more you try to do difficult things, the harder it gets. Be simple, shoot the puck, move the puck, put it in good places. And the thing I've loved about that group of five, even when it's not going great, is they'll they'll work their tails off in the zone to get it back. But they need a night in a lot of ways where they get a couple of them and the right people are in on a couple of them. And hopefully it starts tonight. Uh, Lou, this is the part of the interview, the Choose Your Adventure part, uh, where we're going to dive in a little bit on your Minnesota Vikings here for a couple minutes. Yes. Turn to page 327. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what was more impressive, the Dalvin Cook touchdown catch or the Kirk Cousins throw to Dalvin Cook? I would actually say the Kirk Cousins throw mm. because Kirk Cousins under duress and – you know, give the commander's defense, even without Chase Young, a lot of credit. You know, they 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 played a very good game. Um, you know, 
the thing about Kirk Cousins, and I'm not like somebody else at the network where he is concerned. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think he's the worst quarterback that ever played the sport. Um, but he's got pretty happy feet. Now, I think he's made some strides under the new coach this year in that area. But I, I actually really, I really like the throw because it came at a critical time. I'm not going to take anything away from the catch. It was, they were both almost equally as brilliant. You know what I thought you were going to ask me about, George? Hmm. Did you see the bowling celebration yes. after the Harrison Smith interview? I love or it. Interception. That was great too. I lo- I love that. Yeah, they- I don't. It was funny. I I just you know because I'm a I'm people know this. I'm a little old school for yep. sure. I laugh, and then. I question, and I'm not sure that that one. They did it very well, though. I will give them credit yeah. on that one. Well, it's one of those where you're like, well, how much time was spent on that in practice, and, and not on blocking schemes? Uh, apparently, a lot. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I think it's fun. It should be entertaining. Uh, they should show off their personalities. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, I'm surprised how much work he got yesterday yeah. in his debut. Nine catches, 70 yards. Man, you have him with Thielen and Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook. Man, they got weapons in Minnesota, Lou. Yeah, they do. It's just too bad there's some nights they can't block the fire exit, um, but they're working (laughs) on it. Because you can have all the weapons in that sport in the world, but if you don't have time to operate, it's really tough. And with this quarterback, you need even more time to operate Mm. than some other guys in the league do. But, yeah, he's... uh, you know, I've watched him a little bit over the years. I must admit, um, because I've been pretty frustrated with the purple guys recently, I haven't quite been as dialed in on the league. But uh, I'm back, and I was uh, <laughs> very, very impressed by number 87 yesterday. Um, great hands, runs good routes, great size. Um Irv Smith Jr. may never get his job back. Yeah, true. That would make sense after. Yep. Uh, Lou, wanted to ask you, did you see the video of Kirk Cousins on the plane? Oh, yeah. Where he looks yep. like a, a pharaoh? Yeah, I did. Yep. An initial reaction and maybe uh, thoughts after getting you some time what? to sleep you, on it? You, 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 yeah, right. Okay. Guy that's known me now for going on 10 years. Knows exactly what I'm all about. Throws out a hand grenade and wants me to answer it. You know what my initial reaction was? Wow, he looks great. You've no, you've never done anything yet. <laughs> Sit the hell down. Uh, he, he looks so natural. He does. No, 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 he, no, no, he no, no. No, no. Uh, seven and one, no, Lou. Seven and one. Yeah. Well, let, hey, let, hey, how'd the Packers do yet? <laughs> I was yeah. gonna. I was about to say. <laughs> I was about to say. Well, you got to be careful with those Lions, Lou. They're really bad this year. Yeah, poor Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Want want looked awful yesterday Whoa, in Detroit. How, how will I? How will I sleep? Yeah, it's tough, eh? <laughs> oh, that's too bad. The, Vi- hey, the Vikings didn't host a home playoff game, which is incredible. Uh, it, well, they're done. not there yet. They're not. They're not there yet. And you know what? In all sincerity, as much as I 
have fun on Green Bay, at some point they're probably going to string four or five in a row together, I think. Mm. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, A-Rod. Minnesota's going to lose this week, so, you know, they'll be seven and two. Pretty good start. Vikings good this week. Pretty good start to the Vikings. Yeah, no, I'm hey, I'm, I'm not believing. I'm not upset with it. I'm believing. They got it. four more wins than I thought they would <laughs> by this time. Hey, Bills lost a tough one to the Jets this week, and they can't stop the yeah, run that's... lately. Dalvin Cook. I don't know. Yeah, no, I know. You know what's going to happen, fellas. <laughs> that is a that is a great team. They're going home. Um, it'll probably be snowing and. It's okay. I have no, like, that's one of the ones you just, you mark on the calendar. You yep. take your best chance. The bottom line is when you're a pretty average group, win the games you're supposed to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. Agreed. Yeah. And, and the Flames uh, should win this game tonight on the island. Peter Labardius, Flames color analyst for Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, he's all over the broadcast tonight, starting at four o'clock with Flames warm up with Pat Steinberg. Lou, always a pleasure. Thanks for this. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to get my Pharaoh uh, call. Yep. Yeah. Go ahead. A little uh, bling bling, a little yeah, ice. Because I'd look great in it. Tarp off. Me. Yep, yeah, tarp it's, off. It's got to be the tarp off There's too, Lou. There's something no one, not even my <laughs> wife, wants to see that anymore. <laughs> Bye, guys. See you later, Lou. Oh. Great stuff. Uh, Lou on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. 14-time Consumer Choice Award winner for takeout or delivery. Call 403-248-3344 or dine in at Atlas Pizza, 6060 Memorial Drive, Northeast. What's up? we really got to go. Uh, just really quick, we want to shout out Doug Lacey's Basement Systems for uh, hopping on the show. Yeah, great job. Thank you uh, to Doug Lacey's Basement Systems Studio. Well, that's what our studio is called, and thanks to Doug Lacey. All right, that's it for us. Uh, we'll be all over the Flames game tomorrow, Monday Night Football. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.